Chapter 2 Of course Mrs. Arbuthnot was not miserable. How could she be, she asked herself, when God was taking care of her. But she let that pass for the moment unrepudiated, because of her conviction that here was another fellow-creature in urgent need of her help. And not just boots and blankets and better sanitary arrangements this time, but the more delicate help of comprehension, of finding the exact right words. The exact right words, she presently discovered, after trying various ones about living for others and prayer, and the peace to be found in placing oneself unreservedly in God's hands. To meet all these words, Mrs. Wilkins had other words, incoherent, and yet, for the moment at least, till one had had more time, difficult to answer. The exact right words were a suggestion that it would do no harm to answer the advertisement. Non-committal, mere inquiry, and what disturbed Mrs. Arbuthnot about this suggestion was that she did not make it solely to comfort Mrs. Wilkins. She made it because of her own strange longing for the medieval castle. This was very disturbing. There she was, accustomed to direct, to lead, to advise, to support, except Frederick. She long since had learned to leave Frederick to God. Being led herself being influenced and thrown off her feet by just an advertisement, by just an incoherent stranger, it was indeed disturbing. She failed to understand her sudden longing for what was, after all, self-indulgence, when for years no such desire had entered her heart. "'There's no harm in simply asking,' she said in a low voice, as if the vicar and the savings-bank and all her waiting and dependent poor were listening and condemning." "'It isn't as if it committed us to anything,' said Mrs. Wilkins, also in a low voice, but her voice shook. They got up simultaneously. Mrs. Arbuthnot had a sensation of surprise that Mrs. Wilkins should be so tall, and went to a writing-table, and Mrs. Arbuthnot wrote to Z, Box 1000, The Times, for particulars. She asked for all particulars, but the only one they really wanted was the one about the rent.' They both felt that it was Mrs. Arbuthnot who ought to write the letter and do the business part. Not only was she used to organising and being practical, but she also was older and certainly calmer, and she herself had no doubt, too, that she was wiser. Neither had Mrs. Wilkins any doubt of this. The very way Mrs. Arbuthnot parted her hair suggested a great calm that could only proceed from wisdom.' 